0: Welcome to Season 2 of Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a confidence life coach, comedian, and mother of two. I invite you to join me bi weekly for confidence tips and interesting chats with my guests who work in fields that help develop confidence. And sometimes with people who have a personal story to share of how they were able to break free from fears that held them back from living their life with confidence and purpose. I'm thrilled to introduce you to Nikki Ramskill, the female money doctor, who is a certified money coach that helps women worldwide improve their mental health and well-being through getting organised with their finances and building wealth for their future. Welcome to the show, Nikki.
1: Oh, that was such a lovely introduction. Hi, Rania. Thank you.
0: Oh, it's so lovely to have you here. I mean I've I've experienced firsthand what it's like to work with you and it really is amazing and I would wish it upon every woman to find that sort of support really
1: Oh no that's that's really lovely that you say that and it's it's always so awesome to see somebody just completely transform and that's exactly what you're doing and it's just yeah it's just lovely to watch so
0: it's, yeah. it's taking control of your life, isn't it, in different areas yeah. and some areas you know more about than others. And I feel that money and relationships are the one thing that most people are confused about because they're the things that we never learnt at school. And it just seems crazy because all of life really depends on you getting those two things right in a way, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a complete lottery. We actually end up relying on our parents and what our parents teach us um and what we don't realize is that so much of our background you know culture our gender our race everything completely um changes what we believe about the world so money is just um it's kind of like a a symbol if you like for all of these all of these things that are going on underneath the surface it's not money's not really about the numbers it's about all the other stuff that goes on around it so that's why I get I'm interested in it because from a healthcare perspective I can see how money impacts on everything on a day-to-day basis it's the same with relationships as well.
0: And can you explain uh, why you are called a doctor as well a money doctor where does that come from?
1: So I am actually a GP so I work in the UK as a general practitioner doctor, which is a family doctor if you're in the US. And I've been a doctor now since, oh gosh, 2009. And as I've been going along, my career has kind of evolved and changed and I was working in the hospital and then I took some time out. And, and then it, was, it was while I was away, I had this realisation that something was going on really badly wrong with money and know i had a lot of debt not very much to show for the fact that i'd been working as a doctor for you know a while at that point so i i examined my finances i examined what was going on with them i had the time to do it at that point because i was i was away actually on a trip that i'd been planning for a long time and I vowed never to be back in that situation ever again. So I did everything I possibly could to get myself out of debt, to start investing, to start saving money, to examine my mindset. You know, I did so much work on myself for a good few years. And then when I came back into kind of GP um, training, I realized that patients and colleagues had very similar problems. It was just coming out in different ways. So a patient might struggle with their mental health and then that impacts on their money or their money impacts on their mental health or they break their leg and they can't work and that affects their money, which then affects their mental health. My colleagues were having to work longer and longer hours in order to make ends meet and um, to make sure that they had the money to pay for the, the things that they actually wanted to have like holidays, because they were so burnt out from their job. So. I decided to start blogging about my experiences so I started blogging as the female money doctor because my background is in women's health so it feels natural to me to blog for women and that's that's kind of how it all started.
0: Yes so it wasn't only your experience of it it was the patients and the colleagues you could see that that was a common thread and I, it's true. I mean, if people are stressed about their money situation, that makes them ill.
1: Yeah. And and I, I truly believe that if we don't have a grip on our money, we can't be completely healthy. And it might seem like a controversial thing to say because, you know, I can hear people already saying, well, you know, money isn't everything. But think about it. So if you're stressing about buying your first house or how are you going to retire one day or someone gets sick in your family and all of a sudden you can't pay your bills, do you feel truly well when when that sort of stuff's happening? I mean, I know I didn't. I I was having sleepless nights and panic attacks and all sorts of things when I had problems with money. So yeah, I stand by the fact that you cannot be truly healthy until your money is sorted.
0: Yes, and it doesn't necessarily mean a lot of money it just means no. to have security knowing how much you need to cover what your expenses are and your expenses could be kept really really low I mean you could be living a very simple basic life that really just covers your needs Um, but as long as that's what you want and you know yeah, that you yeah, can do exactly. it that's where the relief comes in knowing how to do it what you need to do towards that so I think a lot of us can misunderstand it's about making lots of money and being greedy but it's not about that Mm -hmm.
1: no i mean i call it money being free from money stress so money stress to me is where you're thinking about money and money is causing you anxiety or it's causing you uh, to to feel something about money at that point where you realize that actually money's there to support you and you put things in place to have it supporting you you are then free of money stress. It's not financial independence. It's not financial freedom. And I see this being on, touted online so much mm. about, oh, get your assets working for you so you don't have to work again. Money stress is not about that. It's, it's about that feeling that money's there to support you. It's your best friend. It doesn't have to be this thing that you fear or, or can't stand. It can be there to support you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're your blog is an award-winning blog, or it became an award-winning blog, Um, And you're the only doctor to be featured in the top 25 feed spot list of personal finance blogs in the UK. Mm-hmm. And you've been highlighted in Plum's top five personal finance blogs for female financial independence. How does that feel, knowing that this is something that people really needed, people really wanted, they're sort of noticing it and and awarding you for it because that is something that was lacking for for women mm-hmm. and maybe you know men as well
1: yeah and it it does feel really good knowing that that my experiences are helping other people um because it's always a bit nerve-wracking when you put yourself out there and you start sharing yeah. what you're learning and, and there's always going to be people that disagree and and that's absolutely fine we're all entitled to our own opinions and everything and it and it does feel scary (laughs) when you first start doing it but to have it recognized and actually be useful to people it's yeah that's that's all I ever wanted it to to be and the the more and more people work with me the more and more I can help them but it's nice to know that I've got a blog that even if you can't afford to work with a coach right now there's still something you can do. There's still something you can read. There's still free stuff out there you can use.
0: Yes. And you didn't stop there. You have a podcast as well with 10 minute takeaways that are absolutely brilliant. I'm subscribed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's called the money medicine clinic podcast. um, If anyone would like to subscribe to it, it's uh, I mean, it's very, very useful. It's got lots of different topics. Um, I'd like to talk about a few of them now, but I was just wondering how you managed to juggle being a GP, coaching people um one to one about money, doing group workshops as well, helping women, as well as the podcast and the blog. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you handle it?
1: Oh, um, yeah, I'm a bit weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> organized, I would say. Not weird. Yeah, probably <laughs> inspiring.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't push it. So initially, when I first started out, I felt like I had to get a blog out every single week. And to an extent, I'm actually glad that I did that because it became very disciplined. So for a year, uh, well, actually a good few years, uh, every single week without fail, a blog post went out. Um, as things progressed, I then started making um, little short videos for each of the blog posts. And then I realised that I could take the, the audio from them and create a podcast. I thought, okay, great. Some people like to listen. Some people like to watch. Some people like to read. So my the the way that I make it more efficient for myself is I don't try and reinvent the wheel. I I'm good at writing. That's my primary um, marketing um, superpower, apparently. So I start there, and then I work outwards from there. Um, and if a blog post doesn't get written one week it's not the end of the world I'll go back and find something that I've written a while ago and, and edit it and and freshen it up for the for this year because some things I wrote in 2017 and, and obviously the world changed a lot since 2017 so they need freshening up so now I'm not quite as disciplined um but I try and I try and focus on one platform at a time you know so to just to keep it keep things growing yeah. and there's a lot of plates to spin especially when you're working as well so I had to um, reduce my hours as a GP and I've found ways of working that suit me and suit my business and suit the lifestyle that I want to lead so I'm kind of gradually designing my life around what I want it to look like and eventually I want the GP side of it to stop and then I'll carry on with coaching so it's it's just it's a very gradual process at times frustratingly slow in my eyes but you know what it's it's fine and and I love the coaching and I know that's what I want to do more of and that's the direction that's going in
0: fantastic um well like I said I wanted to ask you a bit about some of the episodes on the podcast um, because mm-hmm. I think it'd be really helpful for listeners to to know what are the healthy habits that we can teach our children and teach ourselves about money
1: Oh yeah, I mean this is a huge topic, there are so many things that you can focus on but I would say to start off with focus on yourself because once you focus on yourself you can then teach the good habits to your kids but do it in a way that they can see that you're learning. So one of the things I love is um, budgeting Um, and I know that sounds really weird because budgeting might be a really boring dry subject but actually one of the things that really turned it around for me was realising that I could have I could do the things I needed to do, pay my bills, pay off the debt and everything. But I could also start putting some money aside for later on down the line. So create slush funds. Slush funds are little pots of money that you put aside for a specific purpose. So you could have a slush fund for Christmas, for example. You could have a slush fund for clothing. Um, I had one for my car as well because every year I pay for my car insurance so I make sure that a little bit of money goes in there every month and then by the time car insurance comes around I've got the money there to pay for it and that for me was a complete and utter game changer so you can use um, really great apps like Starling and Monzo and they allow you to com- compartmentalize your money so you you can every time you get paid you can just divide it up into your little pots that you create for yourself. You can do the same thing for children but this time rather than them having an account you can actually physically represent it with jars or boxes or, or something and all you'd have to do is that you just have different jars label them different things so they might have um, a save jar that you can then empty out when it gets full and take it along to your bank so you, they can see it's going in there and growing. You can have a um, a give jar so when they have things going on at school or they want to give money to a charity they see on tv or something they've got some money in their give jar they can do that because that shows them that, that they've got more than other people and and it sort of builds up that muscle of being able to give money to others and that there's always enough money that you can do that and then mm-hmm. the third jar might be and um, their spend jar so if they want to go and buy a doll or some lego or whatever it is that they're into they've got the money there that they can spend and that's okay so it's, it's showing them that your pocket money of 10 pounds or whatever it is for the month can be split into different different categories so it's getting them used to the idea that they don't spend every single penny of that
0: Yes, I like that but where I've got an issue or question mm. really is that works if you've got regular money coming in like yes. an income monthly or pocket money for Uh, you know for the child but not all children have regular pocket money is Mm. that advisable is that a better way to do things um and with yourself as well if you don't have consistent income you have projects really that jump up here and there Mm. or you know very small sort of part-time um work that isn't enough to save and and make jars Mm
1: -mm. yeah and it's it obviously is difficult when you haven't got a lot of money coming in, to, to, in the first place, that's hard. Um, and, and certainly when I first started um, with my money journey, I was spending everything I had to make sure that my debt was being paid off and I didn't have the money to do any savings with. Um, so it takes time to change that. And it, and it might be that you actually have to start looking at ways to bring more money in. And unfortunately, there's no... <laughs> There's no substitute for for that you know you can be as extremely frugal as you want to be, but there's only so much frugality you can have before it starts to become a problem and you need to bring more money in so there might be something around looking at getting a side hustle built in, and that side hustle helps you to fill your pots, for example
0: yes, um, and I think a lot of people don't think about how they could fill that pot with something that's really not necessary that they do spend on. They could buy coffee outside every day that's like, you know, between three pounds, four pounds. Yes. That that could be collected over the month and then put into something that invests it possibly.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's another another pot, if you like, um, mm-hmm. that you, you add into it. So rather than just your savings slush funds that you have, you can also start putting some money aside for your future as well. Um, And you can do the same thing with children. Um, It's going back to your question about how do you do it for multiple sources of income. Um, One of the ways that I teach people is you have a separate account that all money goes into. So if it's business, you have a business account that all of your business funds go into. And if it's personal money, you have an account just for personal money. And then every month you pay yourself a salary from that pot of money. So it might take a little while for that pot to to build, especially as we're, you know, if we're living from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. So you might have to make a conscious effort of actually leaving some money aside every month to fill that, that reservoir up. But then it means you eliminate the, oh, I'm getting paid this week and I don't know when I'm going to get my next invoice because your money is sat in the same account and everything comes out of that account. If that makes sense. Mm. So that's the how you do it with multiple sources of income. Yeah. And then when it comes to investing, you can start allocating some of that aside. So for some people that don't have a lot of money to start investing right now because you're paying off debt or you're building your savings, you can actually use apps that allow you to invest the pennies that you you spend. So if you buy something for say two pound forty nine the pennies that round, round up to the nearest pound will be invested for you. So that's how you can start with very, very small amounts of money. It's not It's not what I would recommend someone to stay on forever. Once yeah. you free up more money, once you bring in more money, once you do other things to, to be able to um, utilize more, mm. you can then start to graduate onto other platforms. So there are some platforms where you only need a minimum of 25 pounds a month. And there are others that are 100 minimum pounds a month. And then there are others that you need to put in a £1,000 plus as a minimum. So you can graduate as you go along. And, and I think it, it really does depend on how much you eventually need, what other things you've got going on in your life, um, and when you want to retire as well. There's there's so many factors at play of how much money you might end up needing to set aside every month for it. But the point is start with something small and build up.
0: Yeah. But sometimes, Nikki, we can be so laser focused and distracted on, oh, where can I save? What can I do that's, you know, a better, cheaper deal comparison? And really, you're saving pounds and pennies instead of thinking about how can mm. I invest this money that's maybe £100 sat there doing nothing in my savings account and I can put it into something that could be making me those pounds and pennies? Um, how do we change that sort of mindset or 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 make make ourselves focus on both rather than just one way of saving some money we're actually making money
1: yeah so for women in particular um we we are taught to budget money so we're taught to be really frugal we're taught to make sure that our our money um goes you know we have money at the end of the month we can we make sure that we pay for everything that we need This is taught to us through all sorts of ways. So blogs, magazine articles, um, through watching our parents and our parents, you know, what they taught from, what they learned from their parents. So women, the message that we get is budget, be frugal. Men, on the other hand, through magazines, through watching other people, through the messages they, they see everywhere. It's you need to be the breadwinner. You need to be the one that invests money. You can build wealth. You can be a wealthy person. What I'm now starting to see is a shift, but then it's because I'm I'm always focused on it. So for me, it feels like all I'm seeing now is female millionaires or female um, empowerment um, kind of messages. But actually, what's to the general public, to the general population, that's still not a reality. We're still give, being given the messages that we need to budget.
0: Yes, it's still the old fashioned traditional belief that you are the housewife and you need to be frugal in order for your husband to have enough money that he can invest
1: yes but actually we can invest in our own you know for our own selves and we should be investing for our own selves women should have our own money that we control and we have because so many um, relationships get stuck in this cycle where the woman can't leave or the man can't leave you know it works both ways because one person holds the purse strings over the other so I think it's about time that we start that the messages we're getting through that actually it's not about being so focused on being frugal or traveling to the nearest supermarket to, to get the best deal on toilet roll or something like that actually what would be more sensible use of your time perhaps researching an index fund and putting some money into that instead it's just shifting, it's just shifting the focus away from the, how can I make everything more frugal? Yeah, to a certain extent, you do have to do that. The things that we don't really care about, like our bills and stuff, make those as cheap as you can possibly get them, fine. And I know they're not cheap at the moment, but do what you can to make them as cheap as you possibly can. But for everything else, why, why are we so fixated on it? You know, Why not start moving the needle towards having our own money?
0: Definitely. That's a good segue into another episode that you have talking about partners' money language. What is your partner's money language? So we've heard about the love language and those are acts of service Mm -hmm. or gifts, um, physical touch. But what are the money language ones?
1: so again with the money personality types one of the things that's so powerful is when you learn what your partner's money personality type is so if your personality type is the spender so a romantic or a celebrity and you like to go and spend money on things but your partner is an accumulator and um, he or she is into saving money and making sure that there's always, you know, the, the frugal part of it's always being done. You know, they can, my partner's like this. So he will research things so much it's boring <laughs> in the end. <laughs> you just need to say, oh my God, mm. just make a choice. Um, whereas I tend to be a more um, spontaneous and I'll, I'll, I'll jump into things. And he understands that about me. I understand that about him. And actually sometimes we come to a bit of a compromise. Um, so I know that I can trust him to find us a really good deal. But when the time comes that we actually need to make a decision, he then trusts that I'll say, look, you've done the research. Now let's go for it. Let's let's do that. So by understanding each other's money personality types, our money language, how we like to do things with money, we can then be more harmonious on it. When we first started going out, it wasn't like that at all. So we had to really learn about each other. Um, Equally, if you are the same money personality type, so let's say you are both spenders, one of you has to step up and and actually start leading the way otherwise both of you will just be in this perpetual cycle of nothing ever getting done and you just spending everything that you have and I have coached couples that yes. are like that too so um one of you has to take the lead so I, I, I coach women individually I don't tend to coach couples together but when I do teach the woman around her money personality type I get her to get her partner to do his And then they come back and say, Oh, right, okay, we've now put this in place because we now understand Mm. what's going on.
0: And what are the personality types and how can people test them with you?
1: Okay, so it was created by a woman called Kendall Summerhawk. And I've trained as a coach in the Sacred Money Archetypes, which is her program. But We're allowed to um, use them in our coaching and people can go and do a quiz on my website to find out their own money personality type. There are eight of them and we have access to all eight of them, but three of them in particular will have the biggest impact on our lives at the moment. And they can shift and change a little bit, especially if you do a lot of personal development work or if you've gone from being single to being married to then having kids. That I think they can change throughout life as well. So I mentioned the spenders to start off with. You've got the celebrity and the romantic. So we've talked about celebrity already, but romantic is a spender that likes ease. So everything has to feel easy and not necessarily luxurious, but it, they just don't like to be told no. They don't like to be told they have to work hard. They want life to be a lot more s- simple. So if, for example, they are going to the train station and it's raining, they wouldn't think anything of spending money on themselves to get a taxi to go to the train station. Whereas an accumulator might really feel guilty about that and would choose to walk in the rain with an umbrella. So it's just it's just that, that slight subtle shift. They don't like budgeting. Um, so they have to find a way that, that works for them, but they, they don't like being told they can't do something. So I always say, well, set yourself up a fun fund or a romantic fund or something like that so you can actually spend on the things you want to spend on without compromising everything else. So they're the two spenders. And then you've got the, the kind of um, not, yes, both savers, very sensible spenders, I, I guess. You've got the accumulator who's very good at saving money and any spending they do, if they do the spending, will be researched thoroughly. So I've already mentioned that with my partner. So they struggle to let go and take risks. So an accumulator might be brilliant at saving money, but absolutely hate the idea of investing and putting it at risk or trusting other people with their money. A ruler is somebody who spends money on their career, their business to to climb the ladder, if you like. They're very good at working hard. They're very good at reaching their goals. They're very good at setting themselves targets to get to. And then when they do, they then immediately set the next target. So they've got this constantly moving target all the time. They never really take the time out to celebrate. So I always think of the ruler as the opposite to the romantic. And if you you know if you can buddy up with somebody that happens to be a romantic then you can learn a bit from them and they can learn something from you too so it's it's a nice combination there
0: I suppose the ruler is the one that's seen as ambitious to people yes
1: exactly ambitious um wanting to get to the top or wanting to, to do the best
0: yes but never really having the time to enjoy what they're making yes
1: yes exactly that and then um I've got the kind of the um, the givers the the two that I put in that category so we've got the the nurturer so nurturers like to give to other people they like to um give to their kids they'll give to family members they might if they're a business owner they might not charge fully they might discount a lot um I, I put myself in this category as well because yes, I definitely struggled with yeah I've definitely struggled with overgiving mm. um, so that would be the nurturer and then you've got the maverick. Now, the maverick is somebody who is very good at taking risks and they can often take very good calculated risks. So, if they, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners it can be mavericks, but they can get themselves into so much risk, they get themselves into financial difficulty. So, my top archetype has always been the maverick. And I now understand why I got myself into so many problems in the past because that was my personality type. And, I, you know, I have I now have to work with it and be really careful and guarded against am I jumping into something without thinking about it properly mm. um, or not. So they're the two kind of, they, they like to give. So the maverick is the, they like to make sure that um, other people are doing well off the back of what they do. So they fight for the underdog. They, they want to build things to be able to help other people. And then finally, you've got the two kind of head in the sand kind of people so you've got the connector now connectors are very good at interacting with the people they're very good at, at building their connections and their network they're not very good at managing their money so they would much rather stick their head in the sand and ignore everything about money because to them it's about people and if they have money that's going to get in the way of those connections so business owners might resist the idea of having um something that's that goes beyond one-to-one coaching so group programs or something like that because they feel they lose that connection so they keep themselves stuck as a one-to-one coach which is great but there's only so many hours in the day that you've got you don't lose any sense of connection just because you've got one to one to many type training those people watch your videos and they feel they know you it's a really weird you know position to be in when somebody says oh i've watched all your videos and i know all about you oh wow okay there's no loss of connection there yeah so that's connectors right and then the final one is the alchemist now the alchemist they again don't like money but for them money is icky money corrupts money means that you're a bad person and actually I don't want any of that I don't want to be a bad person I would just want to focus on what I do they're really good at sort of manifesting things so Mm. if they need money for their rent or their mortgage one month they don't have enough money to come through somehow the money always comes or they always just about manage to get their bills paid or they always manage to make sure they've got the thing that they need so it might be a free coffee or it might be I've got one of my clients was was one of these actually, and she she would get free stuff all the time. She would just have to mm-hmm. say, oh, right, I really need something to help me with this in my business," and lo and behold, there would be a free thing or there would be a free opportunity that she would have won or whatever and that will be so that was her she was definitely an alchemist um so
0: that's like a manifesto but is that necessarily a person who's quite spiritual or quite connected to to source and you know believes that what they want will come or just they just happen to be that sort of lucky
1: exactly exactly that so they don't have to be spiritual at all they could actually just um be very good at think, things just appearing, and it it's almost like when they realize that that's what they're doing, some people yes. fear that they they're, they're going to lose that ability. They don't, but what you need to do is play up to it more, but then introduce a bit of the accumulator into that. So it, it's not bad to have money. It's not bad to want money because actually, as an alchemist, you if you really channeled it, you would do so much good in the world. Like you're a really big hearted person, but mm. but channel it in a way that enables you to to be safe and secure and build your platform so you can then be a very calm and patient manifester of the things that you actually want down the line
0: yes wow that's mm. so interesting yeah it's and really I'm always really good. interested in all these things that uh, make you understand yourself better because yeah when you do, whether it's enneagrams or personality tests or knowing that you've got ADHD or whatever it is, then you know how to deal with it, don't you? But yeah. if you don't really know, you think you're not the one in control because you don't know what's going on. Yeah. There's nothing you can put in place to go, right, I need a bit more of accumulator. I need a bit more of this yeah. to balance it out.
1: Yeah, exactly that. And it's and it can feel really... Um empowering to understand mm. yourself i give you it gives you space it gives you that little bit of ah just before i'm about to spend money on that thing which of my personality types is, is driving this ah it's my maverick again okay maverick what are we going to do let's have a chat with the accumulator and you know what would they say in this situation right calm yes. down okay relax fine do i have the money for it do i really need to do it is it something that feels in alignment with what i'm trying to do right now okay yes no and it can take time to To build that muscle and even now sometimes I'll jump into something and before I've even realized what's happened I'm like oh oh, I've just done it oh whoops okay fine but we're not perfect you know it's not like you get
0: this and
1: suddenly yeah we're learning we don't have to be yeah
0: yeah we don't have to bully ourselves and be hard on ourselves about it. it it's really good that we've noticed it yeah because if we've noticed it then we're aware and we can do something about it
1: yes exactly Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. I'm sure these are really beneficial tips and and nuggets for people to take away. And if they want to know more on how to connect with you and how to find out their money types, all the um, links will be available in the podcast episode notes. Um, if you could just, before we say goodbye, tell us a little bit about your exciting news of of what's coming up and anything you'd like to leave the listeners with as well that you feel might be beneficial that maybe we haven't covered
1: okay so i am going to be on channel four's youtube um in a six-part series all about helping people with their money and i'm one of three co-presenters and i'm doing I'm managing the the money mindset piece of every person's transformation So it's yeah, it's a huge thing that's that's happened, and I I cannot wait for it to come out, and I've got no idea how this is all going to go. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this before, but I think very exciting. So it's so exciting, and it you know I started this in 2017, and I had no idea where this was going to go, and I think it's the same for money as well. And I would say the last thing I want people to realise is that this is not about making huge sweeping changes all at once. It's about the small habits that you put in place and you do it consistently enough, it will eventually make bigger changes. So it's working on your mindset, it's paying off your debt piece by piece, it's building your savings bit by bit. Doing it small and gradual eventually leads to bigger results. It's exactly the same as how I've got to this point with the channel four thing in my business you know I started in 2017 with just a humble blog and yeah I've had so much to learn and it hasn't been as fast as other people's and you know and I compare myself and think oh my god I should be further along same with money I should be further along I can't believe I did that when I was younger if I hadn't done that I would have been so much further along by now stop it stop all of that comparison it's it's yes, OK.
0: And we wouldn't necessarily be happier is how I look at it, yes. because, yes, I might have made more money, but I would have had less time to spend going on holiday or meeting my partner or mm-hmm. being with my mum before she got ill or all these things or spending time with my children. So yes. we don't look at the whole picture. We just look at what's in the bank is not a healthy way of no. of seeing that.
1: No, but actually the more focus you can put on helping others, you know, building the thing you love to, to do or doing the things that you want to do in your job or whatever it is, the more you can focus on being the best version you can in all those areas, the more your bank account will grow anyway. It's mm-hmm. it's just focusing on the, the positive aspects rather than the numbers.
0: Thank you for all that you're doing. Um, it's making a ripple effect out there in the world. And hopefully this episode also will have a ripple effect for all the people who are hearing it and take action even if it means getting out some jars and labeling them for things that they're going to say for you know it just starts with those small steps doesn't it
1: exactly exactly that thank you so much for having me
0: thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode of breaking free please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms and of course i'd really love it if you can subscribe rate or review the show You can reach me directly at raniakurdy.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today, or find out how I can support you on your journey.